Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Caught Offside with Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. Just outside of New York City from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York. Andrew Gundling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? I bring to you news. Mm. I don't bring it to you. The animals brought his due already. Another Panyanka, Andrew. Mm, no. Another bad one. In the USL final. You saw it, I'm I'm presuming. Yeah, it was it was disgraceful. <laughs> it is it is the standard as to why I am against this sort of thing. Um, right. Hugely embarrassing and wholly unnecessary. The fact and that it's... Phoenix Rising recovered from it and beat Charleston Battery on penalties, 3-2, mind you, on penalties, yeah, that doesn't sway it, that they got away with it. No, well, that has nothing to do with it. That has nothing. He, It was a Panenka, and it was so poor. I, I believe the comment that I saw from somebody on Twitter was something to the effect of my four-year-old could have caught it. Like, it was... <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's it had nothing on it. If if the keeper had never touched it, it would have bounced three or four times before it hit the line. <laughs> no, it's it's ridiculous. Pathetic. Yeah. And yeah, you know, when I saw those tweets, I was thinking, I wonder if I could if I have enough um, soccer beliefs that I could create my own like soccer Ten Commandments. And I, I'm trying right. to think if I have enough to put together right now. I think I only have two, so I have I have a ways to go. I might have more than that. Definitely no panenkas. Definitely in swingers only. Um, I've got to think of my other. I, I know I have other ones. I'm going to try well, to. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try I'm, to work with this. As I'm listening to uh, American Fiasco, you can leave. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. You can actually. You, thou shalt not covet thy teammate's wife. You can actually leave that one in. That's a good As point. it applies to U.S. soccer, you know, I got to tell you, JJ, you you were so strong in your recommendation of American Fiasco. I I don't know how I missed it when it came out. Twenty eighteen, um, where were we? And we were deep in the weeds. I don't I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but I missed it. 
And your recommendation was so strong. And the subject matter is one that is so fascinating to me and so absurdly up my alley. I'm mowing through it. I'm I'm on the fourth one. All like today, I just like was doing stuff around the house and mowed through half the, the series. I love it. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna um don't don't spoil anything. I mean, obviously, I know most of this as it is stuff that happened and stuff that I'm aware of, but I still I still want to relive it. Right, right, right. Um, and and I am gonna hold off on uh on 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 certain certain things, certain uh um yeah. I just think that uh there was a remarkable decision. There were many remarkable decisions by U.S. manager uh, Steve Sampson. Okay. And one of them is so, like, it's so crazy that I, I, I've i been wrapping my head around it. And it could only be an American coach at that time. Not I'm not slagging off. Jesse Marsh wouldn't do it now. Uh, Bruce Arena would never do it now. Um, Like, well, Bruce Arena wouldn't do anything now. Um, but, I mean, like... A young coach now, uh, like a bear halter, wouldn't dream of it. Wouldn't huh. dream of it. And it's uh, an American. I'm trying to guess what that could be. A decision so, made by an American coach at that time, and uh, it feeds into our insecurities as a soccer nation. Feeds right into them, uh, and um, this man is manifesting them in a, in a team selection decision. Oh, I can't wait to get to this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I will me, say it, as I was listening to it, JJ. Because I know Steve Sampson comes under obviously a, a lot of criticism for the way oh. things went, um, but I'm I'm up to the point now in the series where that criticism is starting. You're starting to see, but I'll say this on behalf of the U.S. Soccer Federation: when they maybe it was controversial that he got the interim tag in the first place, but the things that happened while he was interim, like you can see why he did get the job. Sure, but there's also. Uh... Uh, I know I don't want to ruin it for okay. you. Okay, yeah, I, move, let's move on. There's so much to get to. We don't need to do this. Yeah, come on, come most, on. Most I'm of sorry, our audience is probably like, why are we, why are we, doing why are we re- listening to oh. this? And why is JJ suddenly carrying water for a man in a jacket? I'm not, I mean, what am I doing? But just the fact that we're breaking this thing down that existed five years ago, like, like there was just... an absolutely <laughs> mental, mental game at uh, at Stamford Bridge. Uh, crazy, crazy, and also had wonderful uh rain uh pitch uh effects by the end, so you knew you were watching in England. A real, real atmosphere in that one. Amazing. Yeah. At Tottenham, Andrew, I'm just snatching defeat from the jaws of victory laid on against uh, Gary Gary O'Neill's Wolves, who are just. I mean, let's give them credit. They're really, really fighting hard for their manager. Um, and, and and then we've got, you know, uh, United, Everton. We've got uh, War Eddie Howe. Uh, <laughs> might be in a, a bit of bother there uh, at Newcastle. Uh, amazingly, all of a sudden, we've got the NWSL final, which was another crazy game. A little bit of MLS, uh, you know, our usual just chat and banter. Why are we talking about the 98th? Uh, U.S. Men's National Team World Cup squad. What am I doing to hold this podcast up? Andrew, bring us back on course. Guide us. Guide us like 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 the aforementioned Moses. Guide us through the desert. We are your people. Take us through the sea of my blather. 
JJ, we have a leader in the clubhouse for this season's devundling for match of the season, and I don't know if this one's going to get passed. I know it's relatively early. It's mid-November, and there are games of of greater importance that are likely still to come. But when you get a 4-4 where – what's the stat on this? That the uh, like the lead changed hands four different times? I think is yeah. the stat. Like I think it's only the fifth time I was reading that that's happened in the Premier League. Um, you've had other four fours, but not one where it was as seesaw of a matchup as what this one was. Um, it's the leader for Devonling for match of the season. I don't. I don't. It's it's set a very high bar. I don't know if it's going to be easy for this one to get past. Such an evenly matched game, virtually the same xG for both teams, right around three. Virtually yeah. the same shot number. Shots on target were pretty much the same. Even possession, which City usually dominate, wasn't that far off. It was like 55-45. It was just it was just such a fantastic game where there were so many times where you thought, okay, well, I think Chelsea have got this now. And then there were times where you thought, okay, I think City are, are good now. And just you, you were thrown for a loop each and every time you thought that. It was it was fantastic drama. Enjoyed the hell out of this one. Yeah, no, it was a great one. And thankfully, it was a great one that was not dogged. Uh, down in too much VAR conversation. Um, I mean, there's always a little bit, and there certainly was on the Holland penalty. Um, but it, it wasn't. It, the game wasn't overwhelmed. It was. It reminded me of games of yore, and I know it's a cliche and it's a huge cliche. Um, a great advertisement for the Premier League. But and Pep did say that. But it kind of was a great advertisement for English football like when you think of English football a heavy field wet uh, mistakes great goals lots of action crunching tackles like Raheem Sterling oh my god Sterling on Foden Jesus like he, he halved him um, there was all all those elements marauding fullbacks um, uh, uh, Reese James just like drama impudent young children scoring goals uh, against their former clubs, even though they're not, you, you know, they're not old enough to have former clubs in my mind. Um, just uh, brilliant game, really, really great game, and um, and I think you'll have a manager Guardiola who will be just infuriated by much of what he saw, and it'll be interesting. I mean, it, it, I can only imagine training, how intense training is going to be. The next, like for forever, who you know, whoever's first back for training, or whoever uh, gets back in from international duty, or whoever doesn't go away, oh, it's going to be. You see that film? Is it is it called the Holdovers? Paul Giamatti. It's, no, it's uh, not familiar. Not saying you're wrong, just not familiar. No, no, no. It's coming out, and I'm I'm butchering oh. the name of it. But it's the it's kids who are in a private school. And there's always some who don't go home for Christmas. <laughs> They're not, their families won't have them home. So the teachers have to stay that are the residents at this private school and look after them. And it looks like a kind of a dark comedy. And it looks very funny. We've seen the trailer a couple of times. Uh, and and it just seems miserable for the kids and miserable for, for the coaches. That's what it's going to be like uh, if you're there for the next two weeks under Guardiola because he's just going to be so annoyed. And on the Chelsea side of things, I feel like, there's something there to galvanize them. That as, as much of a ding dong as the Tottenham Chelsea game was, I mean, for for a team that's been crap all season, Chelsea have been involved in two pretty special games. But I think this game 
they can take something from this. There's the this team is beginning to solidify into something. And they looked they look good at times. Now they're they're still not a billion dollar team, but they, it was beginning to come together a bit for them, I felt, in that game. And so so yeah, it's um you're always on about in a in a draw, there is there is there still a winner and a loser. I, I, I think both teams have th- I, I think Chelsea are the winner in it, actually. I think so too. I think so too. Just by the fact that you know what you said there is true that there's something for them that they can take from this. Certainly after yeah. the draw, that was the theme even when they appeared to be on the verge of losing. I mean, all throughout the yeah. broadcast, I think it was Graham Lasso who who was continuously saying, you know, it's it's interesting that even if Chelsea come out of this with zero points, there's probably more that they can take from this than they could from their four one win against Spurs. That, which yeah, is, that's exactly what I said, and I'm yeah. not, and I mean, I'm not a Chelsea old boy saying this, and he, he Lasso definitely is. That's just that's just what you can. Um, it's like why all those people were calling for us to you know be be over the top in our praise for Chelsea in that Tottenham game. That was such a, a weird game. It, it was hard. And I'm sure Pochettino didn't take that much from it. But he can take a lot from this. And at the end of the game, he was kind of, you know, he had his chest stuck out. He was roaring at the referee. He was he red was hot. Yeah, he apologized afterwards. But I think, I, I don't think that was, I don't think that was pure anger or frustration. I think that was kind of red hot, in some ways, joy. Like, he can't be upset with what he saw. Huh. Well, I wonder if he maybe still had some adrenaline pumping at that point. It was such well, I think an he was shouting game. for he want he wanted more time. He said, "Why don't we play on?" Like that, the ref should have given more time to the game. Uh, that there was minutes to be left. But I, like I, I think that's what he was upset about. I don't. Really? I can't be sure. That's almost impossible to fathom somebody calling for more stoppage time in this current era of the Premier League. He seemed. <laughs> are are like we not got... getting enough? Well, no. Potts was going. Why don't we play? Why don't we play? He was like that. So what else could he have meant? I don't know. Uh, I can't answer that. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. I think if, if we had to pull a winner from this, I, I suppose I would make mine Chelsea just for the fact that getting a point against City is an accomplishment in, uh, of itself. And they were also losing in stoppage time. <laughs> you know, so anytime you're able to kind of grab something as an underdog late in a game like that, I think that, uh, yeah, I think that they, they will be the ones feeling better about this just to go through some of the goals. Cause Lord knows there were a lot of them eight in total. Um, you mentioned before that there wasn't this was a nice game because it was two high profile teams. It was the matchup of the weekend. And there wasn't for one of the first times this season in one of these high profile games, it didn't feel like there was a lot of controversy. Now, initially, maybe there was on the first goal, the penalty for Holland. Um, in real time, Kukurea taking him down in the box. I didn't think much of it when I saw the replay. Uh, I can see why it was given. Maybe this is one of those things where people will say to me, it's never a penalty and you're just seeing it slowed down and it's deceiving because of that. Maybe that's true, uh, but I was okay with them making the decision to overturn on the field and, and give this one. I wrapped his arm I mean, around him and kind of took him down. I mean, that's... I, for me, I think you just look at that one, you say, uh, Holland fouls him first. Holland has a hold of Kukurea, then Kukurea pull, pulls him back. So you, you have a choice there. I think you say 50-50, play on. You don't give anything. That That's what I would do. But I mean, but it wasn't like, I think it was Adam Crafton tweeted. It wasn't a decision that should cause outrage or upset that it was given. Like, yeah, it's again, I I, I, I don't think I tried to make this argument on um on Reddit with one of the animals. I guess it's not a sport that lends itself to these these. There are situations just like that one which do not have the clarity of purpose to make a or clarity of of um 
you know, of, of what you're seeing, it isn't abundantly obvious what the call should be. There's lots of those in soccer. There's lots of these gray areas. Um, and it's very hard to officiate for them. So I literally can see either way with that one. Yeah. Um, I think I was generally okay with it because, and I think they pointed this out during the game too, you know, like they were kind of jostling for position, but then Holland beats him. And like once that's happened and then Kukurea is trying to work his way back into it by grabbing him, like I, th- I'm okay with the benefit being given to the attacker there who has now beaten his man. I- I'm okay with that. But like I said, I can see, I can see it both ways. Didn't feel like a hugely controversial moment to me. Maybe Chelsea fans would disagree. Um, it maybe is a, a, a tribal, <laughs> a tribal moment. Um, but Holland then converts the penalty. It's one nil. And then just a, just a, a short while later, what was it? Only, um, only four minutes later, Thiago Silva off of a corner kick gets a goal to bring Chelsea back into this one level one, one, um, the oldest player to score a goal in the Premier League since 2013. Was it they said yeah. on the broadcast? I'm trying. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. 39, yeah. 39 is ah, weird, right? I'm now trying to think how old was Latan when he was at United, but I guess he was 36 or 37. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And it was, again, I don't, I don't know how he got across and wasn't covered. It's a glancing header from that angle. It's a brilliant header that he could convert it and score it. I know the commentators were wondering about Ederson on that one because he's so far past the post. How is that going by you? I've I've Ederson concerns later on, which I shall hold for now. Okay. Uh, And then Chelsea do then grab the lead a little bit after that. Raheem Sterling um, converted uh, on a really nice move from Chelsea. And, you know, I thought Sterling again for me had another great game, scored a goal, caused a lot of mayhem. I thought in city's defense, Um, not to go off on a tangent here, but I've in seeing this performance, some of his recent performances, Boy, I'm just, I'm kind of at a loss for words that he cannot get back into this England side under Gareth Southgate. And, and I see some of the players who are, um, and, and I don't mean for this to go down an England road, but if we're going to talk about Sterling here, I at least wanted to bring it up because I do feel like he's been, he's kind of been flying of late. And um, so Southgate was asked about it. He uh-huh. said that he said the door is 100% open, not only for Raheem, but also for other players who aren't in this squad. We don't need to know about his quality, his personality. He's a crucial part of the journey we've been on. It's an area of the pitch where we have uh, as much competition as anywhere. Bowen has started this uh, the season well. Anthony Gordon and Cole Palmer are doing well. It's a changing landscape there. We used to not have wingers. That's why we used wingbacks in Russia. We have a lot of depth in those areas now. That's what people need to understand. Maybe that's and true. He, it well, sounds like he's looking for reasons to not include Sterling in this side and move on from him. And I don't um, quite understand that. Well, he's. I mean, Sterling was a, a player that started ahead of, of quite a few players for. Um, for uh, Sauke in the not so recent past. I think a Euro 2021. Um, I. I like it's an opportunity the, with England home and hosed. It is an opportunity for Southgate to see what he has, and those guys mentioned actually, you know, they deserve, they deserve a look. Um, I I wonder if he's, yeah, I don't know. I I maybe maybe he is ready to move on, Andrew. Maybe he just looks at it and thinks that Sterling, 
you know, thanks very much and everything, but we have other options I want to see play. Um, I I don't know. I don't know. I, I would, I'm not sure Gareth in this case is lying. I, I actually think no, he might. I don't think, yeah, I'm not saying he's a liar. No. I, or there, is, there, is, there is depth there, but I think, I still think Sterling is, is a, like, look, I know there's there's competition in those positions, but like it's a little bit telling to me. What do we always say about Gareth Southgate in this era of England? He has his guys who have who have gotten him near the cusp and of glory for a while, and that's what I thought. If Maguire and Henderson certainly are, I mean, they, Lord knows it seems like they've got spots for life on this team. Sterling isn't one of those guys. I don't know. Just seems a little bit yeah. interesting to me. He may yet be. He may yet be. I guess so. I guess we'll find out. If he keeps playing like this, he there the the clamor will be. He'll have to go. Difficult. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so, thoughts. On, so he scored his goal. I know sometimes we like to talk about this. His non celebration. Was it a non celebration? No, he celebrated, then remembered himself, and then kind of did, did the calming thing. He was he, well into it. But he was, he was right enjoying. in front of the away fans. Yeah, no. He, he, I don't he, think that was by accident. No. And um, if you felt it, the way he left City, well, there wasn't rancor with the fans or whatever, but there was a bit with Guardiola, definitely. Um, and he, he, he gave it a kind of a, he gave it a yes, and then all right, yeah. all right, calm down, calm yeah. down. So it was a, it was a well-executed non-celebration celebration. Um, and then afterwards with Sterling, this was so weird. I don't know if you saw this, JJ, but so he's doing his um, – him and Cole Palmer were, I guess, selected to do the post-match interview with Sky Sports with uh, mm. Patrick Davidson was the Sky Sports reporter. And so Sterling goes into the interview and he's rubbing his eye. There's something clearly up with his eye. And the interviewer, I think, is – crossing boundaries that should not be crossed and he immediately says uh as raheem sterling as he's rubbing at it the interviewer patrick davidson says raheem is there something in your eye and he goes to reach for his eye as, as to like pull he said is that grass in your eye and he's like he's going to reach into his eye to pull it out no that's not that's not for you to do like that's and raheem sterling immediately was like he says to him if you can find the video it's pretty funny he says back it. he says back to him something like no 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 you're going to put dirt in it <laughs> and then the guy backs off but like wow like that is that is, i'm sorry that's a boundary that's a boundary there he raheem sterling in that moment doesn't need what is essentially a total stranger suddenly lunging for his eye i would list the eye jj if we're list, if we're listing parts of the body that are just not for for other people to be touching. We obviously know the obvious ones. That <laughs> do we? You know, we do. We know the obvious ones that are just strangers should not be touching those places. But the eye is next on the list for me. And this guy, it's totally inappropriate for him to be going in there to to grab something from out of Raheem Sterling's eye. What's he thinking? Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that is odd. That was really odd. You know, I'm I'm celebrating 10 years in the United States on Thursday, and it's prompted me to go back through some of my photos on on my phone. And I I I, I saw a picture. There's me and a topless uh, Frank Lampard in the Red Bull Arena locker room, and I'm interviewing him. And he has ice on his shoulder. It's it's just like if I took the ice off his shoulder and started massaging his shoulder. It's not just like that. 
but it would be similarly inappropriate. I agree with you. Wow. You don't go for another person's eye. You just don't touch that. Like it's such a sensitive, it's such a sensitive area. Uh, What's he thinking? Very weird. I'm sure his heart and intentions were in the right place. He wanted to help. As you could clearly see, Sterling. If there was grass, irritated. If there was a long stem of grass, okay. Let's 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 work through this. If there was a long stem of grass in his hair, right, trapped in his hair, um, and it's 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 over his forehead, and he keeps rubbing his forehead, but he can't get it. Is it too intimate to just grab it and just pull it out of his hair? Still weird. Okay. Still weird, but not nearly as bad as the eye. Um. It would what be if you, What if you take it out and then you go, Raheem, make a wish. <laughs> you blow it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that, oh, that is that is a weird one. What if, what if, and it's the last one, I promise. What okay. if there's a bit of dirt on his cheek, right? <clears throat> yeah. A tiny little bit of dirt. And uh, and you just see it and it's, it's so obvious it's going to be on camera and everything and it just mm-hmm. looks bad. Can you gently caress the side of his face? I think no, no. You tell him, Raheem. Uh, we're about to go live. You got a little bit of dirt there. Oh, gotcha. thanks. Gotcha. And that's it. Like uh, that's what you. That's all you do. Like I don't understand this. Like the interviewer reaching. It's just crossing what boundaries. If, it's crossing right, boundaries. It's the, the last one. What if he's bleeding from his butt cheek? Okay. What like. What are you even, what are you even suggesting that it's up to the know. interview? So it's not incumbent upon him or the team doctor. No, no, no. The interviewer will place the band aid. I mean, I this is so it. ridiculous. There's no, yeah, it's too they're weird. all there's, there's a boundary, and Patrick Davidson crossed it. Heart in the right place, wanted to help, but you don't reach for another person's eye. You just don't. It's if someone did that to me on the train, like if I was rubbing my eye and all of a sudden someone walked over, oh, I think you got grass there. Here, let me stick my finger in your eyeball. Oh my god, you would you would you would jump out the window of the train. You would I mean that would be it. Or you 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 inform the authorities. Nobody could there isn't a there isn't a scenario. Even if you were on fire, I know you. Don't deny it. If you were ablaze, spontaneous combustion, you would not welcome anyone getting close to you. That, well, no, that if you I was on know. fire and somebody had water, I would I would welcome them dousing me and putting me out. But if I had something, but not the eye. I, I really believe that if we are power ranking the parts of the body that are untouchable for a stranger, the eye comes right after all the privates. I think that that's I think that that's yeah. Where it falls. Okay, all right. So Patrick Davidson, bad job. Um, where. Where were we? So Raheem Sterling scores. Uh, yeah. Non-celebration, um, celebration, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, this one continues to seesaw. The first half was was thrilling stuff. Um, as as Akanji then, with a free header, just kind of finds an empty pocket in between the Chelsea defense. That's so bad by Chelsea. Terrible. Like, it, it's just awful. And that's why I say, you know, they're not exactly a billion-dollar team quite yet. That, that can't happen. And Pochettino, they swung for Pochettino's reaction. And I mean, if he could have picked up one of the substitutes and just smashed them into the dugout, he would have done it. Like just out of sheer frustration. He was he was furious and understandably so. Especially because Chelsea played they played such a good half. I mean, they really played a strong first half. And you can't you right as they're going into the locker room, it feels like and it was all for nothing. 
Like Chelsea have now equalized and we're all back. We're back to square one here going into the second half. There was no Chelsea had no advantage going into the second half. All that hard work that they had done. It felt like they threw it all away in that one moment. Um, but it was a great header from a props to him. We go to the second half and it, I mean, right away, bang Holland um, putting city right back in front uh, as he kind of, he kind of butts one over the line. It's a very, very interesting goal. We've seen some weird ones. Like, you know, I always think of Clint Dempsey, uh, against Portugal when he sort of like humped one into the net. Yeah. This one, Sterling just like, or, or, or Holland, he, he kind of like his ass sort of just rode it in. No, he arsed it into the net. Yeah. yeah. It's on the grass and and uh, his his rather large Scandinavian derriere uh, brought it across the line. It was more more like a kind of a try in rugby than it was a, a goal. This was a great goal from from beginning to end. I mean, I really thought that this was just a well-crafted, like City are, are great because they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, they possess the ball. They, you know, they, they find uh, openings and, you know, they do their tiki-taka thing and all that. But, you know, then they have blasts, like we'll get to Rodri and his winner. You know, they can fire one from 20 beginning yards to rear up. end. But, but like, but this one, you know, this was a, a counter-attacking, like Foden from the back with a great ball. It opens up in the middle. Uh, they counter a nice ball played into Holland, who rides it in over the the line. I thought it was it was just a very a, a nice counterattacking move from Manchester City. Enjoyed it. No, it was very good. Now, it was I, very good. I, I will say, you know, I you know we we talk about VAR sometimes. Now, this was a situation where I actually shouted at the TV, "Oh, stop! Oh, yeah. stop!" This was one where you talk about you talk about looking for a reason to deny a goal. I mean, this was the peak of if, if they had not allowed this and in the end they got to the right decision, it of course should have been allowed, but they're looking for a handball. And so when they sit, when, when that was what they said on the broadcast, I was kind of thinking to myself, Oh, did he, I thought he kind I thought he asked it over the line, but maybe his hand helped it. And then when they show it, no, you can see that that's not the handball they were looking for. They were looking to see that if, while Holland is in the goal and the ball is about to cross the line, if his elbow may have accidentally touched it while he's already in the net and the ball is about yeah. to cross. I mean, like you talk about searching for things. This is the stuff that I don't think yeah, – I saw some one of the animals mention this about – in the there was a big VAR debate going on on the Reddit page. And I think one of the animals talked about how you know, – VAR seems to be operating and functioning just fine in MLS and the Bundesliga and other leagues around the world. It feels like the Premier League is the only one where they are looking for stuff like this. And I don't think that's going on. I don't think that that's getting looked at in other leagues the way that it was in this one to see if his elbow touched it as the ball is crossing the line while he's in the goal. I was watching the overlap with Gary Neville and Roy Keane and Ian Wright and uh, Jill Scott. And there was a, just a kind of a, they had a debate with the referee. Was it Mark Halsey, the former referee? And he said, when the Premier League introduced it, it was meant to be just for the howlers, just for the, the Thierry Henry handball style right. stuff. Right. Just that. And it's met, metastasized into this thing. The, the thought of them reviewing that would bring me to a kind of a Browns-Bengals kind of place where we're trying to decipher whether a bit of the shin was down before the ball crossed the plane. That's the kind of thing. Now, this why is do worse. We... I think this is, would have been worse. This is worse because that matters in American football. If your knee is down, if your shin is down, if the lower then part of your leg down, is right. down, 
that's intrinsically a part of the game. This slight epidermis brush of the skin on the ball it, like no stop it with no consequence it. on the play whatsoever like they're all going in the goal him he's in the goal already the ball is following him in. i mean i don't know stuff like that is like now we're we are really searching for reasons to deny goals and, and i don't think that's really what anyone's looking for here we want like you said we want the egregious ones ruled out this would have been so ridiculous but in the end it's a moot point uh it didn't touch his elbow goal stands and then chelsea to their credit they don't go away they played they, they they fought hard. Uh, Nicholas Jackson, who's coming off the hat trick against Spurs, he gets the equalizer. Um, uh, and then late JJ is when the drama really started to unfold. Rodri, with another smash from outside the box, takes a massive deflection off Thiago Silva. Um, helped it tremendously on its on its way into goal. Um, but then Chelsea were still to be heard from as Cole Palmer, uh, a penalty. Uh, Chelsea awarded a a penalty, and thousand percent a penalty. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, Ruben Diaz. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean Broja, Broja did a, a great job of sort of trying to cut back. Diaz slid right into him. We've seen that a million times. It's been it a was a crazy. It was. Uh, I don't know what Diaz was trying to do. Uh, like honestly, and it was his second kind of um, mad leg spasm in the game because he just kind of. On the on the on the Nicholas Jackson goal where Ederson again Ederson I don't know why Ederson bashes that straight back out there straight into the path of where a Chelsea attacker could be why it doesn't go to the side I, I yeah I don't think it's particularly great goalkeeping from uh, Connor Gallagher's shot whatever <laughs> Diaz then just ends up just sliding for no reason just ends up on his on his on his bum I I I don't get that either and um. I and guess it was no just frantic defending. I mean, it, the whole, I think the he was whole trying sequence to of events himself. was taking place in a, in a pretty threatening spot on the field, and he's just trying to do whatever he can to either delay a shot attempt or block what he thinks is going to be a shot. It was reckless, and, and it was a rightful penalty that was given, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, um, okay. And then up steps Cole Palmer, who, of course, started the season with Manchester City, uh, and he gets the final blow in this as he converts the penalty brilliantly in the 95th minute of stoppage time. And that is how we end four, four. And I, and I was thinking about Palmer in general um, and what that moment meant for him. You know, there was a lot of talk in the lead up to this game about how good Cole Palmer has been and how he was a Manchester city player. He could still be with them and they don't often lose these guys. Um, but Palmer as Pep talked about it before the match, he, he was, he was asked about Palmer's decision to want to leave. Pep said, uh, I said to him, Riyad Mars is leaving. You're going to get a chance here. He said, "No, I'm going to I'm not going to play here. I want to leave." So I said, "Okay, leave." And that was it. And they said goodbye. I think it it feels like a scenario where Hammer is and his team are aware enough that hey, Pep's saying you're going to get a chance here. That is vague. Very very vague. And we've seen with We've seen with players like Foden. We've seen with players like even Grealish now. Your playing time is not guaranteed. You know, Pep, it's just not. And this is more like a kind of a Jaden Sancho. Remember when Sancho left City? Um, the big thing was Sancho backed himself. He, he just, the offer from Dortmund came in and he said, if I go, I know I can play, I can do well. And there was perfect system set up for him in Dortmund as well. That just, but Hammer is, Hammer's a weird one. 
he's just seems even the way he took that penalty, even the way he talks in like the post match pressers, he seems so mature or kind of I don't know, there's no he's not afraid of the scenario he's in here. He just, he doesn't play like a, a young player. And um and I think I think Pep said you're gonna get a chance here and he and he heard you'll have a chance. It wasn't firm enough, it wasn't definitive enough, and he he decided to leave. And that decision looks right now really, really smart. Yeah. Now the money was huge, like crazy money. But yeah. still seems like a smart decision. It might be one that works out for, for everybody in the end. Um although City would probably rather have him than not have him. Um, well considering um the De Bruyne situation and, and how many fronts they're fighting on, it might have been good to have another player like that around. Yeah. But yeah. But they couldn't and uh and sure enough he's the one who delivers the final blow in this classic four four between these two uh just to close on this from this game jj because you talked about it a little bit earlier and i wanted to mention a little more on it this idea that maybe maybe we're starting to see it from chelsea um you know we we once we got past this idea that you know they they're this billion pound squad and all that um when the dust sort of settled from all the financials of this we do at least myself I do sort of see that this was going to take more time than maybe whatever I initially thought. They mentioned on the broadcast that it's the third youngest average starting 11 so far this season uh, Chelsea has in the league, which lends itself to this idea that it might take a little bit longer. And the thing that I wonder about with Chelsea, I wonder if you're starting to see some comparables between um, Poch's first season at Spurs and Poch's first season here at Chelsea, where when it's all said and done, they're they're both extremely young squads that he was working with that had a lot of promise. And when it's over, you may have to you may have to look beyond where they finish in the table or what the point total is to get a sense of the direction that they're headed. Because remember, I think that first season under Poch, I think Tottenham actually took a step back in terms of the table. I think they finished fifth the year before. In the first season under Pochettino, I think they dropped back to sixth. But myself, no one that I knew who was a Spurs fan in that time came out of that season thinking that they had made a mistake or that things were going in the wrong direction. It was all positive. It's November 13th. There's a ton of season to go. Chelsea just beat Tottenham 4-1. They just tied Manchester City 4-4 in a wild game. Um, I do wonder if you're starting to see some of those things where it's it's beginning to come together for Chelsea. And maybe once we get to March, April, we'll be viewing them in a far different lens uh, than than we did in these first couple months, regardless of what their place in the table may actually be. Yeah, I I think, I think Reese James, who they're ma- managing his minutes hugely, he's he's massive to that, massive to that. If he can stay fit and stay involved, um, Palmer's been a revelation. If I honestly think Connor Gallagher has shown a lot, and he yeah. certainly did in that game. Even though I don't think he would have been anyone's pick to be starting in for Chelsea this season. Um, I think most Chelsea fans probably thought he would have been moved on at this point. Um, Raheem Sterling as well. Uh, Jackson, if he can get his confidence together, which he he should do after the last two games in the league, what's that? Four, four goals four, in his last two games. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty great. Um, I just, you know, Caicedo needs to be better. Mm-hmm. That's that much we know. The center of that defense, I, I still, I'm, I'm, I mean, Thiago Silva, all his experience and everything. You know, this is a serious, serious bit of uh, a run-in for Chelsea to try and get into the top five. Um, 
Mudrick was very good when he came on, I thought. Um, I think what, what can't happen, and I think what might hamstring them is um, the kind of thing that Malagusto did when he blazed over, opened up. It's a great opportunity. You have to hit the target, and he blazes over the bar. That has to stop happening for Chelsea. They have to start hitting the target more regularly. Now, what am I saying? They just scored four goals, and I understand that. But that hasn't been the trend earlier in the season. And, it, you know, eight goals in the last two games, brilliant. I'm not saying it needs to be continue at that pelt, but um, but goal scoring has to be better. And it was the thing that that hurt them against Brentford only two weeks ago. So um, trending in the right direction would be, would be, there seems to be a bit more about them over the last couple of weeks for sure. Yeah. Um, last note on this, Opta analysts did a breakdown basically asking the question of if Chelsea are, if we're now starting to see it, if we're seeing it come together for them. Um, for however frustrating we feel like the season has been for them, mid-table, um, lots of stop, starts and stops for them. In the, You can roll your eyes at this, but the expected points table, um, which is a gauge of how a team is performing sometimes, okay. they are fourth in that, which tells you at least a little something, that they've been maybe a little bit unlucky uh, up to this point, and that if uh, if they... If if some of that begins to even itself out, they will start to move up the charts. So something to just something to consider. Um, now, one of the teams, JJ, in that expected points table, who is far higher than where the uh, expected points has them, that is Tottenham. And you can't help but wonder if uh, if that starts to even itself out, if Tottenham will begin to drop. And maybe we are seeing that. No one, JJ, no one is immune from the soul-crushing defeat. Tottenham up to this point in the season had been able to avoid it, but it catches up to everyone at some point. And I would say this was this was a soul crusher uh, as Tottenham, with all the injuries that they have, took a lead into stoppage time and wound up losing this two to one at Wolves. Um, before I get to the Tottenham side of it, two things on Wolves that I wanted to mention. The first one being, I don't know if I say this enough, um, that place secretly maybe a little quietly for me is a place that i would like to see a game i think that that stadium is awesome yeah and i think that atmosphere there is fantastic i think the the molyneux quietly is one of my like underrated hot spots in the premier league i that is a a proper football man take that i love <laughs> i really love that what's proper well, what's well, what's pfm about that because you're saying you love a stadium which is one of the great things about English football, it's got four sides and you can see all different stages of development. The grandstand is about 30, 35 years old when it was done. And then they've done that bit at the end, which is new. I love that. I love that stuff. Uh, you know, like Ellen Road is like a hodgepodge of, of differently redeveloped. Uh, and the atmosphere is great. Yeah. And it's... It is. Um, yeah, well done. Well done. Well, thank you. Thank you. And the other, thing I, the other thing I wanted to say about Wolves... Uh, I'm doing it, JJ. I'm doing it. Gary O'Neill. He's in his hat is in the ring for manager of the season. It's early. It's very early. A lot's going to change. But for what they've done so far this year, where like we've said, even in their losses, they have been impressive at times. They've now beaten Tottenham. 
They've beaten Manchester City. They've drawn with Newcastle. They've drawn with yeah. Aston Villa. Um, this has been with losing. I mean, for us, they, they lost their manager on the eve of the start of the season. Yeah. Then they lost their best player, Mateus uh, Mateus Nunes or Nunes. I, I don't I don't know how to say it anymore after I got criticized by the pronunciation police from earlier this season. But whatever, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> um, they didn't have Pedro Neto, who's been their best player. He was not available for this one against Tottenham. Um, so I'm consider me impressed with what Wolves are doing and what an absolutely ridiculously great goal from Pablo Sarabia to equalize. Uh, one of the goals Andrew, of the season so far. Andrew, it's one of the best goals I've ever seen. The first touch, the second touch in mid-flight. Uh, brilliant. And it's part of me, I know Spurs thought they were home and hosed and, and they'd done so well and, and defended stoutly all game, but it's one of those where you're like, I somebody needs to track him better, his run from midfield, but it's such a piece of skill. How do you account for that? How do you stop that? Just a brilliant, brilliant goal. It's going to be in the shortlist for goal of the season. Yeah. It's to be. Well, you stop it by not allowing it to get to him in the first place. And like you the said, run, track the run. Yeah. There's Was a it, couple guys that I mean, Dyer is Madison? sort of in no man's land. No, Madison's out, my friend. Oh, excuse me. I so I I, I didn't and will see be this. for quite some time. So I didn't see it live. So I watched the replay. And no, it's kind of Dyer's. My... Dyer's a little bit no man's land. Hoybier kind of lets him go. I'd say there's there's kind of a couple guys who you could point to. Sadly, it's the ones, it's the ones who were probably already in the mm. the crosshairs of Spurs fans that Tottenham supporters would would like the club to have already moved on from. Yeah. Um. You know, this was for Tottenham. This was really. They didn't need this. Like it's, they've just had a week. The four-one defeat to Chelsea was a gut punch, but a lot of Tottenham fans were okay with it because of the nature of how it went. Um, however, like we said after that, when the dust settles, okay, feel good about this all you want. But Vandeven gone, Romero three games gone, Udagi suspended for a game gone, James Madison that was the thing he he came off with okay we'll see uh, who we don't know when he he may not be back until the start of the new year now. I mean, like, in terms of one game and losing so many key pieces, it was a brutal blow that Spurs took. And so I think what it would have meant for them, even if, and look, they played poorly. This was this was a bad game for 90 minutes until it, it, it exploded to life in stoppage time. This was, a, this was a game that happened and you forget about it. Now we'll remember it forever. But if Tottenham were able to get through this, even if it was ugly, I think it would have been a really important one for them. Uh, to go to a place that's difficult at the Molyneux, uh, and to have snuck away with a, with three points, it would have been big. Even if they had just, if, if the the Sarabia goal happened, and they got out with even just a point. I think you take it uh, with all the the flux that the club are in right now with all of these injuries. Yeah, but they did not need to lose that game the way that they did. I mean, that was that is such a that's a morale blow, and we're going to see now because there's no the reinforcements ain't coming. Like this is this is the team for the foreseeable future. Um, but wasn't this the thing we talked about? Yeah, it was the exact absolutely. thing we talked about. They couldn't absorb uh, any injuries, and we weren't even we weren't even Mickey Van Der Ven. We obviously didn't know that much about, or hadn't factored him in that he would be that brilliant. And now he's gone. We did say the Spurs defense we weren't sure about. Like this is they were honestly, always they were always I feel one bad center. for Ange. This can't color people's perceptions of what Spurs have done. No, and Ange said after the match, he said, we ran out of legs at the end, but credit to Wolves. They came at us, scored a couple of good goals. 
Uh, I did not think we were as positive as we could be. The second half was a bit better, but there's a lot of players having their first start and we were never going to get the same fluency. Um, maybe that's excuse making. I don't know, but I would say this, um, like, I'm not saying all of these players were to blame, but I don't think it's a coincidence that those two goals in stoppage time happened with Ben Davies, Eric Dyer, Emerson Royale, Giovanni LaCelso, Pierre-Emil Hoybier, Brian Hill, and Rodrigo, even Bentoncourt, who I love. All of those guys were on the pitch when that happened. Up to this point in the season, those players have largely been either bit parts or haven't played at all. <laughs> they were all on the field for those two goals. So, you know... I, like it's a reason for for that game. Now Andrew's going to have to he's going to have this is what he has to work with now. Di, you know, Eric Dyer like he's still there. Um you know, Hoybier, What's the prognosis he's still there. on Van de Ven? I mean, it's going to be I think they said I don't know that I saw an exact return date, but I thought it was like March, something like I mean, it's going to be a long time. It's going to be a long oh, time. And they don't have you know, they they let Davinson Sanchez go. You know, they didn't really have reinforcements at that position. I think, what, Ashley Phillips at some point is probably going to get a look. But Dyer, like, you know, Romero will come back. But this is this is the squad. They were thin. And so that's why, I mean, that's why the talk of title contention, all that stuff, that was all going to disintegrate the second they started to deal with injuries because there's not, there's not depth here. And it's going to be, I think we're going to revert back to asking questions about Tottenham uh, for – qualifying for champions league i think that's you know the fact that they could be in that fight is is where you were hoping they would be at the start of the season at the start of the season you didn't even think they'd be in that so that's that's the expectation i think with all these injuries they're, it's going to be a battle for them and chelsea are going to rise we'll talk about united um, villa are in the are in the fight now the fact that fifth place may be a champions league spot will be helpful but um yeah. it's going to be it's going to be hard for them um, and, you know, it's interesting too, JJ, because in that quote that I read there from Ange, he talks about that we weren't as positive as we could be. Um, you know, we we know this. They had nine men and his choice was to remain positive. So certainly a couple of, of really important injuries is not going to shake his resolve. Um, I I wonder how long Spurs fans will be OK with that. I think right now I'll speak for all of us which is dangerous, but I'll speak for all of us in this it, moment man. and say uh, we are okay with it and we are we, we enjoy what we're seeing, although this game was was dreck, but I think we understand because of all the, the key players that were out. And like he said, there's not going to be fluency when you have the, these all these new pieces trying to bet in, pieces that probably didn't fit, that he wanted to have moved out anyway, that they, the club didn't. Um, but, you know, let, let me make an analogy, JJ, to Coach, who you always refer to as Coach Oldman. And Jim Beheim with Syracuse. Um, it didn't matter what was happening. It didn't matter how many three-pointers were being made by the opposition. He was not coming out of the 2-3 zone. We're going to play it forever. And that's it. And I don't care. And eventually, like it was Syracuse's identity. And I think some people were proud of it. We play the 2-3. We're different. That's just what we do. But when a team's hitting 33s against you, you start to ask, <laughs> can we consider man-to-man? No. Zone. You sure? Yes. He wouldn't entertain it. Right now, Ange Ball is fun. Like, if you're going to lose a certain way, this is a fun way to lose. Like, but, but, but after a while, certain... the losing, you know. 
and they and look, really they hurts the morale. It does, and they haven't lost much yet. So like, I don't want to start jumping to those. I don't want to move ahead steps that we're not even at yet, and maybe they won't get to those points. But like, there will. I I know this fan base. I know this fan base too well, and I know that all the love right now. We said this before the season. They'll turn. If if they're losing games because they think he's trying to play too open with players who can't do that, the fan base will turn. And I'm going on record right now saying that's wrong. He should mm. this season should be about him establishing his identity. It was never supposed to be about winning a title. And if if this came with getting close to Champions League qualification, then all the better. But this season was about establishing an identity. He should not shake off of that yet. Keep going forward with this. The board will see the players that can't that don't fit. He'll ask for reinforcements in January. I'm good with this still, but it, but I know that not everyone will be, not everyone will be. So we'll see. Um, let's see God, a few other. There's uh, a gloomy portent from you there, but I think it's accurate. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's this is the these are the like the peaks and valleys that come with with a new manager who's doing the complete and total opposite of what the last two managers did, and I think it's a good thing. And this was a bad game. They weren't going to be great every week. Like that's. That's literally impossible, especially when your entire team is is injured. A um, few other ones, JJ, I wanted to mention. Manchester United narrowly getting past Luton Town thanks to a Victor Lindelof goal. Um, before the match, JJ, I, uh, I had this brief moment of thinking before that game started, if they lose this, he this could be it for him now we'll never know we'll never know how close that came to being a reality um but i'm just trying to i was trying to read the room of how people are feeling about this manager regardless of how much of it is or is not his fault uh yeah the snowball feels like it had started and luton a loss to luton at home might have been enough to to turn it to a point where he couldn't recover and they might have just thought let's end it but we'll never know and he he does live on for another day. It is worth noting, Rob Dawson, uh, he posted this article earlier today. Um, so it's after the Luton win. Uh, Manchester United bosses are refusing to meet agents if they believe they are trying to pitch clients to replace Eric Ten Hag as manager. So the... The Sharks um, are circling. Yeah. Now, what's crazy about their Premier League form, um, despite a run of nine defeats in 18 games to start the new campaign, the Dutchman retains the key faith club officials after finishing third in the Premier League and winning the Carabao Cup last season. Manchester United are currently the form team in the Premier League. I mean, they are. They're the, uh, and it's... It's uh, ridiculous. It's 12 points from their last five Premier League games stretching back to October 7th. But the performance of, performances have been so dog added to the fact that they've, um, you know, they've been knocked out of the Carabao Cup and have been facing down the barrel of uh, going out of the Champions League. So that kind of colors your view. Um, and I guess that's kind of kept the Wolves... Um, from the door a little bit for Ten Hag. But I mean, this was not a good performance. Now, I know Luton gave Liverpool a very tricky tricky game uh, last week and, and Liverpool were happy to get a point out of it, but um, this was not convincing. Not convincing at all, again, from United. And um, 
and you're just waiting for performances to get to well, get better. This, this I, I look. I don't want to. I don't want to give them too much credit because it was Luton at home and they only won it one nil. However, if we are talking about the performance, like this was better. I mean, they they were threatening. Their finishing was abysmal. That was the problem mm. in this. Now they were creating chance after Hoyland chance. in particular. I mean, he had one JJ that uh, it almost goes into like the jersey the jersey dudek category when he saved Shevchenko in the Champions <laughs> League final in 05. Hoyland had one where I, I still don't know how he didn't score, how it was kept out. Um United had a lot of opportunities in this. Bruno Fernandez had a couple a lot of the ball, yeah. Fernandez had a couple in particular that were good opportunities that he like just kind of uncharacteristically skied over the yeah. net several times. So like, I, I don't know that the result isn't flattering to them uh, given the opposition and given where the game was played, but I don't know that I'm going to put this one into the same category as like the Wolves match from earlier this season where they won, but were not the better team, the Copenhagen match in the champions league where they won, but weren't the better team. I think no. that they were definitely the better team. They just, they no. just had a hard time finishing their chances. That's fair. I think that's fair, and it's okay to say they're the better team and they, and and but didn't play well. And, and I have to, I have to recalibrate my, just my expectations of what, what a Man United team can produce these days. That's another thing. Um, I'm still. I won't say I'm I'm, I'm trapped in 2012 or 2013, but you know sometimes I watch them and I'm like, how is this the biggest club in the world playing like this? I just can't fathom it. And all that money spent too. Yeah. But anyway. Um, just to circle back before we move off of this to the, to the Ten Hag stuff, and then we'll move on. Um, can you fire? I mean, I give United credit for basically refusing to entertain anyone who's trying to convince them that they should go with their guy instead of what they currently have. Um, in regards to Ten Hag, can you fire a manager who, through his first 50 Premier League games, has won 30 of them? The only managers, this is from Opta Joe, the only managers who won more than that in their first 50 games in the Premier League were Mourinho, Conte, Ancelotti, Pep, and Pellegrini. And Pellegrini was basically there for the new, as, as the city new money was really starting to hit full throttle. Yeah. I mean, the names I just read off there are are the legends of this league, essentially, and of managing in general. Like, yeah. those are the only ones that have won more through their first 50 matches in the Premier League than Ten Hag. Can you fire that guy? And he also has a trophy? I think you got to see no, this. I, I, think mean, you gotta, I think you got to give him some time. Okay. I'm his, I was his biggest supporter when he got the job. I think I was wrong in the kind of football I thought he'd play. He's just said uh, several times now in the last couple of months that he won't be playing 2019 Ajax football, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Um, and I think what I think it's reductive what he is trying to do with them. And I'm not sure it's long-term sustainable or even the way they should try to play. But of course he needs time. He does need time. I also think just need to clear out that entire squad in many areas. Like just how <laughs> they do. Like, I mean, Victor Lindelof. Hey, he's still there. Winning goal. Winning goal. Exactly. Uh, good for United. 1-0. Um, I believe they're 6-0 six, six in the table. Um, let's see. J.J. Everton, 
finally on the right side of some late drama. Adresa Gay scores to give the Toffees a 3-2 win, bump them up to 14th in the table. Although I was talking to our friend Doug over the weekend about that. Oh, what's Doug's? He, well, he was basically saying like with all with all like whatever good stuff's been going on there, he's like, we're still 14th. And I was trying to tell him, I was like, that is true. Oh. And that's, and that's not a great place. But I said, that's not, that's not the number. Like the number, the points that that's the only number that matters right now, where you are on the table. You're, look, you're not, let's, let's be honest about them. They're not trying to qualify for Europe. Like, so where you are on the table doesn't really matter. The points are the only thing that matters. Um, especially with the specter of that, the unknown of the, of the 12 point deduction. So, just stack points. I mean, look, if you stack enough, then you'll move up the table. That will happen on its own. But don't worry about that now. The The three points are the only thing that matters. If it moved you from 14th to 14th or whatever they were, 15th to 14th, um, don't worry about that. The points are the – you just need to stack points because you don't know about those the 12-point deduction and you're just trying to survive this year. But that's a good win for them. No, it's, it's, it's a brilliant win. And um... – an entertaining game. Uh, Palace had Eze back. I thought he was. I thought he was brilliant. Um, can we talk about yeah, his no, penalty that... real quick? You can, and sure. you can go back to Everton after that. We talk about penalties and the run up, and how oftentimes we mm. can tell in the run up if a guy's going to miss. Eze bucked that trend. As I watched his run up, I said, "Miss!" Like the stutter, the yeah. little tiny steps, the second stop. I was just like. Well, it's, it's not technically a stop, Andrew. I know he still has the forward momentum, but you've got to, you, you're not supposed to stop, right? But he stop. got, pre- but he kind of did. Um, I mean, they all kind of do, really. No, <laughs> but like as in that run up, I was just like, no, this is not how you take a penalty. But to his credit, he completely froze Pickford. Pickford sat him down. Spot, yeah, yeah, it was so, brilliant. Um, I guess he's I, the I, exception to the rule. Yeah, when he dribbles, man, it's it's something special. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a good quality win for uh, for Everton. 3-2. No, it's big. It's big, and it's it's it, it was a. I mean, a three-two isn't generally a Dutch performance, but I think the, the resilience, and a win away from home for them at Palace. That's that's a great result. Certainly, credit to them. Uh, and then one more I wanted to mention: Newcastle. Uh, Eddie Howe loses to his former club Bournemouth two-nil, and. You know, this one's interesting. So they lose 2-0, didn't play very well. Um, and frustrations are kind of boiling over. So Kieran Trippier uh, had a, a bit of an argument with a Newcastle supporter where Trippier could be heard shouting at this guy, are the lads not giving everything? How many injuries yeah. have we got? And ES, uh, ESPN FC point out Newcastle were already missing 11 players through injury and suspension going into Saturday's game. It then lost Miguel Almiron to what looked like another hamstring problem midway through the first half. Um, I mean, look, the Champions League is what it is. But in the Premier League, look, they just beat Arsenal a week ago. They hadn't lost in the league since September 2nd against Brighton. Maybe there's a couple frustrating draws in there, but for the most part, their form has been pretty solid for over two months now i mean these newcastle supporters yeah like that's a long trip to bournemouth and i understand you're frustrated to see your team after a champions league loss come back a few days later and lose to a team you should you think you should be smashing but come on people like Trippier's right 11 guys not there and you just beat arsenal and you haven't lost in over two months like easy yeah 
I do think there's the the Champions League kind of uh, after hammering PSG and then losing home and away to Dortmund and the draw and uh, you know I get it man. I understand. I just, also, they've become their expectations have been raised so quickly, so fast. Yeah, with the money, um, and with their performances last season, and and um, away fans are often the most kind of agitated and well they're often the best fans and the best barometer of a club yeah yeah but this this seemed very entitled I'd put it that way um yeah and uh I I uh I thought it was hilarious to be honest James <laughs> anything any ill fortune that can befall that club in terms in footballing terms I will I will enjoy immensely wow wow um you have anything else on the uh the weekend in the prem JJ, uh, I had one more thing. Let me quickly consult my notes, Andrew, um, because it's one of those where I'm like smugly satisfied about what happened. With um, what? well, now Brighton drew with uh, Sheffield United, but Simon Adringa scored probably again. If we're talking about goals of the season, we've had two contenders, um. Just this, uh, just this weekend past, uh, slaloming run through the center, and then plays a one-two with a Brighton player. I'm not sure who it was, fought, but the Brighton player is falling over, and they still manage to flick it round the corner for him. Brilliant piece of skill, and he scores the goal. Uh, now, look, is anybody tuning in to see Brighton Sheffield United? Probably not, but absolutely. I mean, class. Brighton or Brighton are kind of a, a ticket item right now. They're a box office. They're very fun to watch, uh, although they've fallen off in the last few weeks. But um, a brilliant goal. That that was that was something I noticed. And um, and Liverpool, uh, with a win, that leaves them just a point behind Man City as the table shakes out a little bit. And now it's a bit more of a of a table that you can. Um, that's more familiar to us. I'll put it that way. City at the top, Liverpool a point behind, uh, Arsenal level with them, Liverpool ahead on, on goal difference, and then Tottenham uh, bringing up the fourth position with Villa in fifth. But um, Arsenal as well. I just wonder, I mean, 3-1 in the end, it was a, a good result over Burnley, but Burnley, you know, five shots on target, left themselves in it, uh, or kept themselves in it for a long time. Arsenal, just six shots on target. I just, I, I saw the goals, key goals via set piece, and I wonder if Arsenal are still struggling from what we kind of talked about earlier in the season, working the ball, that final third pass. Um, yeah, I'm beginning to think or to, to wonder just about Arsenal's attack a little bit more. Um, now, again, I only saw highlights of this game, but uh, reliance on, on set pieces is not, it's not great. And two of the, two of the goals, the, the Saliba goal and the Zinchenko goal, um, although Zinchenko's was a very skillful finish, uh, it, it, it did, it did happen through, um, through a corner kick as well. So just, to, just something to, to chew on. I couldn't leave this segment without annoying some Arsenal fans. Um, and we and we should say, if you're talking about table familiarity, when we do reconvene 
following the international break, it is City and Liverpool that will kick things off uh, when we return. So big, big test of the credentials for Liverpool and this, uh, you know, this reformatted midfield and and your Sabaslies, your McAllisters, you know, uh, your Darwin Nunez to a certain extent as well. Where are they, Andrew? Where will they be against the the acid test, which is Manchester City? Yeah, uh, that'll be at the Etihad um, on Saturday, November 25th. So something to look forward to when um, domestic leagues resume. Let's go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. NWSL final, MLS playoff. Still uh, a couple other things as well. Still a bunch to do here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, back now. Side. JJ, before we uh, dive into some of the stuff um, that happened in the U.S. over the weekend, um, circling back to Chelsea and City for a sec. So it has been bothering me for a couple of years now that maybe I've even said it on a past pod where Mark Kukurea, to me, he's one of those guys who he looks like someone and I know I know like who it is, but I can't, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. And you've and, got it. And it had been driving me effing crazy for two years. And I, I think I finally got it. I'm looking um, at him right now. Okay. Hold him up. Who is it? Um, When his hair is longer. And I don't right. know if he's still on the show, but uh, Kyle Mooney of, of SNL or other comedic ventures. Oh. I thought it was some for someone super. No, I think I think famous. Kyle Mooney is it for me. I think that's that is who I've been thinking of. Oh, his hair when his hair is at its longer, uh, longer. Oh, uh, that's a disappointing one. Oh God, Andrew! No, no, no. Uh, hair wise, some in I think in the sense that they are both hair in the oh, no, 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 no eyes hair. Facial hair, a little. Oh um, no, I'm looking at Kyle Mooney, and I I really didn't know who that was. Um, really? No. Um, Kukurea has. Maybe a, you're looking at the wrong picture. I'm sending you. Kukurea has a longer picture face. No, they're, they're no, their face is the same. 
I, I have to put this to the animals because this could go back and, and forth forever. Use no. the picture that I just sent you if you put it to the animals. I think this I think this is the one. If, if you put their faces side by side, I think that's the one. <laughs> even me. even in that one. I mean, it's more like Kukare, but <laughs> no, disappointing. Actually, really disappointing from you. I was excited because you're good at this kind of stuff. And that that wasn't it, brother. That is. Ooh, really, well, it, you really... know what? But it, well, it is for me. All right. It's it for me. I don't need your approval. That's what I think. Okay. Kyle Mooney with long, I mean, when he has long hair. I mean, don't worry about it then. I'm sorry no, I brought I, it up. Don't get angry. It's just not a good one. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's fine to, it's fine to get things wrong. I mean, Kukurea looks more like, actually, I won't do this to myself. Because I instantly thought of it and I'm like, no, I'm wrong. I was going to say, I was going to say, is it from the Spoonman video? Uh, Chris Cornell. But, but I don't, I don't feel it. Does he? No, what? Um, Chris Cornell, long hair. (laughs) No way. No. Mine is. Kyle Mooney is is better than that one. Come no. on. Oh, I've got a Chris Cornell looks more like Kukurea than than Kyle Mooney looks like him. So I win this no, in the pettiest you... way possible. I I yeah. disagree. Chris Cornell in the Chris Cornell in the um Temple of a Dog video uh um for Hunger Strike is more like Kukurea than than Kyle Mooney. Uh, this is this is really petty point scoring for me. I uh yeah. There's bound to be I, someone I, who can get a better Mark Kukurea lookalike. Let's move on. Come all on. right. Um, JJ, Gotham FC. By the way, one, one sorry. Sorry. Uh, I want to get it in before we do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to leak uh, some of, uh, some of the, the T-shirt merch. I'm going to oh. leak it to Newman. I'm going to leak it to Newman like, uh, like I'm, I'm Operation Deep Throat. Um, some high-end government. Yeah, actually, that sounds a bit porno. Uh, I'm I'm leaking something as a government might do, um, and I'm uh, my contact is Agent Newman, and uh, so get over to the Reddit and and see some of the stuff we're we're about to give to you very very soon. Trying to get some buzz going, I see. Create buzz, yeah. and the animals are like I expect them to devour the merch. Well, that's the uh, idea. Certainly hope so. Certainly hope so. So we'll have more information on that in the uh, hopefully in the next week to two weeks. We, we, really... it's, it's it it uh I would be hoping in the next week. Right okay. now we gotta get we gotta get out there, Andrew. And I can't have you fannying around. I've sent you everything that I need to send. You you've sent your opinions, yeah, but I have to find middle ground between I sent you a, I sent you a promotional copy. I I, I... They, yeah, the promotional copy's pretty good, yeah. Pretty All good. right. Um JJ Gotham FC, they do it. They complete their journey from worst to first with a two one win over OL Reign in a highly enjoyable and entertaining uh, NWSL final. Uh, OptiJack posted this. Gotham FC's three straight wins in the 2023 NWSL playoffs is the club's first three-match winning streak, regular season and playoffs, since July of 2016. What a time. Are you kidding? What a ridiculous time to break that streak as they do it en route to winning their first title. Now, look, there's obviously there's a few things to get to in this. It was a thrilling game, um, but it's 
I mean, it's silliness to begin anywhere else than what happened in the third minute of this game. It's it's one of those things that you just you can't believe what you're seeing. Like when yeah. when so much hype is placed on one thing, like when Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles at the start of the season for the Jets, you're just like, no, that that can't be. This whole thing was about him. Now what? For Megan Rapino in in her final professional appearance in a title game where she perhaps has a chance to look, you can't rewrite the history of missing a penalty at the World Cup, but a little. I I mean, like if it got down to that sort of drama at the end of this one and and it felt like who knows how this could have gone for her to potentially i don't know if i've seen it officially yet but it it appears that she also tore her achilles um for that to happen right out of the gate i i couldn't as she was walking off the field i was thinking no 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 this is this can't be this is not this is not the way this is supposed to go is this real and i guess in some ways as tragic and like devastating as that is that that happened uh to her at the start of this game it kind of it sort of reminds you as to like why sports are so interesting because it's like you know, there's no script here like this is this is not supposed this is not the ending that people wanted for this career and so you know how i sometimes say jj that i i have to eat the bad meals to appreciate the good ones moments like this remind you that when you do get those happy endings and those like storybook finishes to a career to a game whatever like it's it's more real in sports than any other form of entertainment out there movies even reality tv shows they are not reality to the length that sports are uh so when you get those moments this is a reminder you got to appreciate them because like megan rapino's career this was not the ending that anybody wanted for it and it was it was tough to see her go off like that so early in this game that really that was really deflating, and it took a little bit to kind of recover almost from that as a viewer. Yeah. Every, or I say every opportunity, but the last two opportunities she's had now to finish her career with some kind of a high or in some fitting way have been taken from her. The penalty obviously was her fault. It was a dreadful penalty. But, I mean, this is just cruel. Yeah. I, I don't care what you think of her. And I know that there was people on Saturday night um, celebrating that. Uh, what uh, happened that's, to her. That's, that is dark and weird. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, they'll all go, oh, you know, it's nothing to do with her as a player, it's as a person. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that even yeah, worse? No, I, to I, celebrate I someone's this, torn what? Achilles? Like... Oh, during, during the World Cup, man, I uh, we have some listeners who, who uh, for... They say political reasons uh, do not do not like her. Um, have a, a pretty visceral dislike of her. Yeah. I mean, look, she's, she has put herself out there in that way. So I think that she probably expects that. Like I, I but to think that there were people out there who saw that and celebrated it. That's that's weird to me. I don't yeah. know. I can't I can't quite. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's, that's not for me. Uh, well, I mean, that's the world we live in. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was disappointing. And I, in, in my, to my mind, I wanted to see. Well, I know it's her last game, but can she still cut it? That's what well, I she, wanted to see. I mean, she had been she had been playing really well in the lead up yeah. to this, um, in the semifinal especially. Well, um, I wanted to see you know how much better she could have been from 
her World Cup cameos, which were not good. So, yeah, um, yeah it was really disappointing. But uh, the game itself kind of just, it's like it's like life. It's like sport. It it went on without her, and it was pretty good. Um, one of the maddest things about this game, Rose Lavelle could put together her own hype video from this, and they lost. She had some moments. She did an around the world where she just went blazed by a few people. She played a reverse back heel pass. I mean, all back heel passes are technically reverse, JJ. But this was special. Like she, I know she's been injured for, I mean, most of the World Cup and most of this season really struggled. But it made me think of what Theo Lloyd Hughes said to us on the pod when I said I was worried about the way the game was developing and has it gone too far away from America that would catching up with the like of Spain and even Portugal in the way that they play. And he still said he had faith in, in the players coming through and also technical players. Technically, she's, a, oh my Lord. If, like she yeah. is, a, she genuinely is a joy to watch. She's, uh, Macario is out there, I suppose, as well, but she's, she's something special in that side. There's very few can do what she does. And, Kind of a shame she was on a, on the losing side, but uh, also a credit to to Gotham and the performance they put in, because I thought I really do think Gotham were the better side. Gotham did deserve. Um, Lavelle took her goal uh, really really well, but I think I think in uh, on the in generality of the play, I thought Gotham des- they deserved their win for whatever the highlight reel was that Rose Lavelle could put together. And you're right. And you're right to say, like, if if we've got 11 more Rose Lavelles on the way up, then yeah, I think I think the U.S. Women's National Team program are going to be just fine. But that's asking a lot because she's special. Um, but she could put together a highlight reel, and boy, Midge Purse as well. Mm. Her run on the Lynn Williams goal was, I mean, it was it was extraordinary. Uh, gliding through players going around and then the perfect pass to Williams who just had to tap home in front. Uh, what a spectacular goal and to do it in that moment. And then she sets up, um, gets a second assist on the corner as well. That Astaire finished off. What a year that she's had as she comes over from Spain after winning a world cup there, then comes to Gotham FC scores the winning goal for them and NWSL final. I mean, my God, um, not a bad year, not a bad year for Astaire. Uh, uh, can I can I say one thing about Midge Purse off the field? Yeah. Um, she they they tweeted out a picture of her. It's, <laughs> um, it's pretty amazing picture. Uh, Gotham put out, and it was uh, it's just they just say always cooking, and it's her on. She's still in her gear, but there's like there is like grass marks on her socks, but her socks are pulled up to her thighs, and she's just holding. Uh, her MVP trophy and the and the soccer trophy, and in the background there is like, I guess there's like the glitter falling, and she's got her medal around her neck and she's just smoking a cigar, and it might be one of the coolest uh photos you could have after a game. Absolutely, like like it's crazy. Um, yeah, she looks great in it, unbelievable, and. Uh, a lot of people are just saying legendary image, put it on a shirt, iconic. Yeah, the whole thing. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. That is very cool. Um, now I do want I want to fast forward to the end of this game because the ending was exhilarating. So Gotham FC are nursing a one goal lead. It's two one. It's deep into stoppage time, and uh, 
Mandy Haught, the Gotham FC goalkeeper, she it's kind of an awkward ball played near her. She runs out to the edge of the box. I don't remember who it was for OL Reign, but there's an OL Reign player sort of bearing down on her, and Haught has hmm. a split second decision to make, and she smacks the ball away. And in real time, and then by the way, she smacks it to Lavelle, who kind of has an open goal to work with. Now I know she's it's from some distance and it's not the easiest shot, but she's, she's got an open goal and she completely misses it. Um, that kind of has gotten lost in the shuffle because of everything that occurred a- immediately after that. But yeah, that was, that was the chance to put her exclamation mark on the hype video, but sure. didn't quite do it there. So then this gets reviewed and you can clearly see that hot has handled this. She smacked the ball away outside of the box, bang, red card. She's off. Deep in stoppage time, and Gotham FC are out of subs, and so here comes a midfielder oh. uh, to to finish things out in goal with a free kick from the edge of the eighteen uh, about to be taken. Um, it is just like it is the peak of drama with poor Neely Martin putting on trying to put on the goalkeeper shirt over top of her gloves. So she like can't get it on. It's just like, oh my God, this is of all the things to be happening for for a, a title to be decided in this way with a player who's not a goalkeeper now going to play the position as a as Rose Lavelle is standing over a free kick from 18 yards out. And so with that, JJ, I wanted to ask you a question. Go on. Your season is on the line. Yeah. This is it. This is the last kick of the ball this year. Right. You got a free kick from 18 yeah. yards out fairly straight on. We've all seen these kicks a million times. It is it is outrageously difficult, I believe, to get a ball up and down from that distance. If there was, in my opinion, as I was watching it, I know it's hard to tell Rose Lavelle, no, but I'm watching it thinking, my God, look at who is in goal right now. There's a, there's a high probability that this ball is either going to hit the wall or be skied over everybody. You've got to challenge that goalkeeper. You have to. Yes. Whatever you have in your bag of tricks here, whatever you've been saving all season long for some 100%. design set piece, this is it. This is the moment where you you have to do that thing. It's now. And they didn't. And I'm saying this, this is not hindsight. I'm watching them line up and I'm thinking, you can't waste this opportunity. And this is too close in. You've got to do something different here. So you're, they, you're 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 saying uh, like do a little peel off the side of the wall, something. Uh, do do a little vote Veghorst uh, against Argentina. Sure, sure. They all have those. Uh, every every team has so, some kind of set piece design, and I would, if, and if you're not going to use it in this moment, then you're, then what's the point? What about if you get someone who's not as kind of dainty or dainty is not the right word, not as deft. Deft is the word. As deft as Lavelle, more of a battering ram. Someone you know can smash it low and hard. And hope it takes some kind of deflection? Just, I mean, I know the wall is close, but you know the way some people can really whip it low and hard? I Basically, I think in this scenario, you just need to get it on target. Just get it on target. There's a real good chance she ain't saving it. And, and I also, think I think your best chance of having done that was to do it some sort of design set piece. I I tend to agree with you um, because, I mean, if not, what when are you saving it for? Right. Yeah. This is it. Do this it is now. It. Yeah. Do it now. 
Yeah. yeah, good call. Actually, I agree with you. Yeah, but they didn't, and nope. uh, it hit the wall, and that was pretty much it. And in the end, um, in the end, Neely Martin was not, never had to touch the ball or save anything, and and that was it. And Gotham FC do go on and win the title. Um, you know, we talked about Megan Rapino and this moment uh, eluding her in that way, but credit to Ali Krieger uh, in her final match uh, for as a professional, a long time, a U.S. women's legend, um, she goes out a champion for Gotham FC. So congrats to her as her career comes to end in, in glorious fashion. Very cool. Deserves it. Yep. So props to Gotham FC. Celebrate that one. That was uh, that was an awesome run considering how, I mean, they were just dreadful last season. And even this season, sneaking into the postseason uh, the, with that final spot and going on this run. Very cool. Great story. And um, congratulations to them and all their fans. Love it. Um, JJ closing out here, MLS postseason. Um, there's a bit of a layoff now until the, um, until the conference semis take place, but we said there'd be goals in the Columbus crew, Atlanta United FC series. And boy, did they deliver in games two and three, uh, they combined for a total of 12 goals in back-to-back four, two games, game two, going to Atlanta game three, the decider going Columbus's way and the crew move on after a 4-2 win in that decisive third game. Um, very exciting. A lot of action, as we knew there would be. Uh, you know, one thing on that really important, you know, who was going to score first, Miles Robinson. So he had a, a, a bad giveaway, pretty much assists Darlington Nagby. Kind of I know, but right I think that's him. unfair. I, 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 I agree. Yeah, it's a terrible clearance. Danny Hig- Our friend Danny Higginbotham was on, on commentary. He said it was a bad clearance too. Agreed doesn't necessarily mean it's a goal no it doesn't but but nag the ball is passed right to nagby in a dangerous spot you're right like nagby has to take what winds up being a really quality shot but there's not really many defenders around him and they're immediately in trouble um you know i don't know i I, miles robinson has had since since his injury he's had some ups and downs i think it's been a little bit tough for him to get back to the form that he was in consistently before that happened, which is natural, which is something you'd expect. But that was in a, in a really big moment that was disappointing. Uh, and then Columbus, you know, they, what about Am- Amundsen's shot? <laughs> what Incredible. a rocket. I mean, unbelievable from out, from that deep um, into the corner, the, just, yeah, just a great goal. Uh, they're going to, they're just going to be fun to watch. Between, you know, Nagby, Cucho Hernandez is one of the most fun players in this league. Uh, Diego Rossi is in great form right now. I think Diego Rossi is the difference uh, or was the difference in this game. Um, I thought he was brilliant. Uh, And sometimes I feel with MLS games like this was what? 4-1 after 47 minutes or something like that. You know, (laughs) it's crazy. And it, it, it seems to me with MLS, try and get ahead. Try and get ahead early. If you, it just feels like it's a race, which all football is obviously a race. You try and score more goals than the other within an allotted period of time. But there's no kind of rest defense. There's no kind of lull period in MLS. It's all like, it's crazy. And then there wasn't another goal after the 50th minute. Which you never, when that goal, when Silva's goal went in for Atlanta United FC to make it 4-2 in the 50th, you never could have convinced me if you had said, that's it there won't be we've seen all the scoring we're going to see i i would have said no 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 no. this is this is not ending four two 
I'm stunned that it did. Uh, but Columbus managed to hang on. And uh, in the end, it actually, it kind of did peter out a little bit. There weren't a ton of great, there were some chances, um, but Columbus crew, I, I think in the end, deserving winners and they will move on. And so uh, now with all this, the new format and everything, we're pretty much left with chalk with the one exception of Sporting Kansas City. They were the only lower seeded team to advance out of uh, out of round one. Go figure, it would be an eight seed who did that. But uh, it'll be the Houston Dynamo against Sporting Kansas City, um, the four versus the eight, and then Seattle Sounders against LAFC, uh, the two versus the three. Both of those are going to be on November 26th. And then both Eastern Conference matchups, FC Cincinnati and Philly, the one verse four, and then the two, three Orlando city and Columbus. Both of those are going to be on November 25th. And just for the casual fan that started watching MLS because Messi joined and he has his Apple subscription. Andrew, what is the format for these games now? We're now back to what the people like the single, single a limb. Thank so there God. You go. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, look in the end. So the, the best of three, uh, I don't like it. Um, I do think, I mean, look, their desired effect with it has nothing to do with the game itself. They they needed it because they needed to satisfy like TV rights and, and like this desire for there to be more playoff games. I think that the, maybe the byproduct of it was that if they, if they wanted to create a format that generally would favor the higher seed, this would do it. And I think that's, that's a good thing you kind of weed out maybe a little bit of the fluff in round one. And now we're left with what you like to think are the, the eight best teams. Um, so maybe they they've gotten to the good part, but had to go through a little bit of a rough patch that the fans did not want and didn't really like. And like, this is, I mean, this is the part of the MLS playoffs. That's tough for a lot of people is like, there's just no, there's no momentum to the tournament to this part of the season because you get this best of three with kind of some weird scheduling where like the union and revs went what 11 days between games one and two. Now you get an international break where you got to go two weeks pretty much between round one and round two. It's just, it's very herky jerky in that way. Like you want to, you want this to flow. You want the, like the excitement from one game to lead right into the next. And it's, they're not getting that. And I don't know, maybe it'll start once you get into these games, you'll get that flow maybe. But up to this point, it's it's hard for them to build that kind of excitement when you seem to have a little bit of this stop-start nature. I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, JJ, I got I got nothing left. I think that's I about got it. One, I got one little thing. Okay. One little thing. Something that's tickled my fancy. Masters of the air. Oh. oh. God. Yeah, I mean, this was pretty much made for us. I mean, yeah. I sent you the trailer, right? Yeah. During World War II, airmen risked their lives with the 100th Bomb Group, a brotherhood forged by courage, loss, and triumph. A little bit of Barry Keown in there as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, God. It's like Spielberg and Hanks are, are out there somewhere and they're just like, what would Andrew and JJ really like? I mean, this is going to be spectacular. Well, now we can't give we can't give them Band of Brothers again. No, they've watched that. How about Band of Brothers 
in the sky. Is this a miniseries or a movie? Um, Masters of the Air limited series. Series. Limited series. If you told me it was a 40-part series, I I might say not enough. Miniseries, yeah. <sighs> Thank God. Thank God. I can't wait. It's going to be spectacular. Um, yeah. Because I've heard about that, but this, the trailer was only just released. But I've, I've known that this was coming. I didn't know what the release date was. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Yeah. Yep, Do you know any of these other one. people that are in it? Austin Butler, Sawyer Spielberg, uh, Lauren McQueen. Lauren McQueen. Well, Lauren's a very attractive lady, but I'm not familiar with her. Yeah, I don't know. I'm looking, um, I'm looking now Turner, through this. Barry Keown, Raph Law. Anthony Boyle, Ben Radcliffe, name man. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. The cast is like 10 pages long. There's <laughs> a lot yeah. of people in this. I know, um, but no, yeah, it's gonna be spectacular. Um, let's see. JJ, I don't have don't have anything else. I think I'm I'm all done. Uh I would say at this point, we will have another pod. This is of course an international break, the US uh and Trinidad and Tobago, their two legs, Nations League and Copa America qualifying. That takes place Thursday night, nine o'clock is is the first leg uh, for this Nations League matchup for the U.S. and Trinidad. So we'll have a pod later this week. I can't give you the exact day. Probably midday Friday, if I had to yeah. guess. I would so say you'll have it for your commute. Yeah, I would say for your, for your evening commute home Friday. So be on the lookout for that. Probably midday on Friday. I look forward to that. Always love a good U.S. post pod. Uh, so that should be fun and. Um, yeah, stay tuned for that and some more information on the merch, which hopefully we'll have for you uh, info on that later this week, as well as we approach the holiday season. I know people are already thinking about that as a holiday gift. Uh, so hopefully, hope to have that information to you as soon as possible. JJ, I enjoyed this immensely. To you, I say... Check you later, fun boy. I'll see you. Take care. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.